eyebrows organized, mobilized, yeah, baby, yeah. Salam, welcome to the Politics and Command podcast. The following discussion is slightly different than usual, but certainly related to revolutionary politics and organizing. When we look up statistics of health and fitness through the lens of Marxism, class that is, it becomes easy to see that the proletariat suffer more from physical health issues, as well as the lack of access to physical education. On the one hand, the poor working classes have less access to healthy foods, proper nutrition, and lower levels of physical education. On the other hand, the imperialist core is bombarded with unhealthy foods, as well as with the fact that more jobs in the imperialist core have been attuned to office work, sitting at a desk most of the day, allowing our bodies to degrade. We also live in an interesting time where there's been an explosion of the self-help industry. In the imperialist core, happiness rates are very low. Lots of people are seeking out ways to better their minds, their bodies, and their health overall. But they're always looking for a shortcut, usually because they are overworked and have less access to proper health care, health and nutritional education, so on and so forth, as well as a petty bourgeois class leading the way in this self-help industry. So we take this topic very seriously. The starting point is, how can we better serve the people and participate in a revolutionary movement if we are physically, mentally, and emotionally unable to? While the self-help industry is served with a side of bourgeois philosophy, we believe people should take care of themselves in order to better serve the people, to serve the revolutionary movement. Physical education should be an essential part of the revolutionary movement. The struggle against oppression and for liberation of the masses is going to be a tough one. Why not be prepared for it? Hope you enjoy the show. I am a Maoist, and I will just say that over the last year, I have exercised more consistently than ever before in my life, and I'll just say I'm in my 30s. Um, I like to consider myself to be a a, um, a revolutionary socialist. Um, spent some time in, in, in prison and incarcerated um, for five years, um, and it was there that I kind of really begin to see the world in a, in a different way through study. Um, and so um, as a result, since being released, I, um, I've been, you know, I'm a writer, I'm an author, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot more so about um, Maoism, uh, Marxism-Leninism, and um, yeah, so that's pretty much me in, in a nutshell. All right. Appreciate it, y'all. Before we continue, we do want to cover a, a few points um, because we know generally on the left, there is a lot of kickback and a lot of particularities that need to be addressed when talking about physical education. At least, you know, we think so. So one of the, I'm just going to name a few and I'd like to for each of us 
uh, to really address each point if we can. So the first point is appearance versus health. And I just want to stress to the audience that we're trying to focus this discussion on health and not necessarily uh, appearance, right? We, we want to study the essence of physical education. So, the, you know, does anybody want to touch on this point real quick before we move on? I think this is huge, especially the way that we're socialized to think about exercise. It is all about appearance. So I think it's important to name that we are not focusing on that. We are trying to sort of redefine the purpose of, edu of excuse me, physical education, right, of exercise to be more about health, right, and our relationship to our body and not about our appearance, especially, right, to sort of serve other people and their sort of um, relationship to how they view our bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same. I, I, I completely agree. Um, so that the essence for me in terms of exercise, and we'll get into it, um, Obviously, um, Mao does an excellent job in sort of describing what that what that entails. But the most consistent trend is to be all about self, to highlight one's own sort of particular um, enhanced um, body parts, whether or not um, whatever that may be, right, in the society, and, and to sort of highlight that and, and display that to be the sole purpose of exercising. Um, and working out when in fact, like I said, Mao um, educates us in, in a different way that the essence of it um, is much more um, important and that should be more emphasized. Um, and that essence is what it does for the, in, in the internal body, what it does for the mind, what it does for group discipline. Um, and uh, also health, just health and the emotions, your, your sensibilities um, gets clearer and, and, and better, um, particularly within the capitalist society with all of the stresses and pressures that that, that that brings, that exercise can be that sort of vehicle to um, ensure proper physical and also mental health. Yeah, and I wanna add that, you know, this is also a serious issue of health, especially in the U.S., where um, health is in general declining and uh, chronic illnesses, diseases, you know, things that impact our longevity and our lifespan, right, uh, is just overall declining. And that's the main part that, you know, we need comrades to be strong to be resilient, to have endurance, right? Stability, to go longer uh, and further, right? And it, it's not necessarily about appearance, even though, you know, that's the capitalist bourgeois mentality is they focus on appearance. Everyone needs to have six packs and, and all this other things when it's like, no, we need to like really think about our health, what we're eating, because all these fast food joints, all the desert swamps, the, the um, or excuse me, this uh, food, food swamps and food deserts across this country where people don't have access to healthy produce, et cetera. So like health is definitely the main focus and, and we don't, you know, we're not focusing on what people look like here. 
because the health aspect really has, you know, real impacts on how long we live and how well we live during our life, right? So the next thing we want to talk about is being, you know, we want to avoid being fat phobic, which is kind of tied to this appearance, right? But we want to specifically name fat phobia. Um, we're not trying to demonize or ostracize or, or anybody, you know, for anyone for being quote fat or overweight or obese or whatever, but we do want to name the, the health aspect of it. Um, and so I hope nobody misinterprets our intentions here uh, listening. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that people automatically assume that if someone is labeled as fat or obese or overweight or whatever, right, that they are automatically unhealthy. And we're not, we're not here to talk about that. We know that people can be fat or they can be of all sizes and they can be healthy and they can be physically active. So our focus here is not to be like, you have your, your body has to be a certain size, right? That's not the goal of this conversation. It is to talk about physical education, right? And the role that it plays in all of our lives. Yeah. The last thing is, you know, we don't want to, you know, I forgot specifically the body shaming, right? Cause that's huge. That already exists in this capitalist society. So we want to steer away from that. Oh, and we'll talk about that. That'll come up in this conversation for sure. Yes. Uh, the next, the next point is we also want to avoid ableism and, you know, uh, we do want to be mindful of our comrades who have disabilities, like real life issues that may prevent them from the type, the general most mainstream type of physical fitness um, that, you know, we're all kind of, you know, running for miles, et cetera, et cetera. We want to be mindful of that. We don't want to be ableist um, and include them into this conversation, right? Um, but again, it, you know, it kind of goes back to that health aspect where we want to focus on the health, not the appearance of anything. Do any of y'all have anything to say on this? Yeah. Um, yeah, particularly um, in reference to the ableism, um, but also the fat phobia, though. But, um, you know, we all comes in, in we all come in different shapes and sizes. Right. And there's nothing that we can kind of do about that. Right. And everyone is not going to uh, look a particular way. Um, just based upon our body types and, and, and how um, they are um, formed and developed. You know, um, some people may be bigger, some people may be smaller. The emphasis, like I said, the key is to, to be healthy. And um, in reference to those who may have a form of disability, um, don't be discouraged or... Um, you know, thinking that, you know, you can't do or, or, you know, or even on the opposite end, you know, people thinking that those who are um, disabled in some way can't be physically active or, or healthy or so forth. Um, eating um, is, is very, very important in terms of our dieting, like, you know, and, and we all can kind of do better with that, you know, and, um you know, not not putting a, a particular um, specificity on on how to eat on on whether that's a vegan or a vegetarian. You don't have to be that either, um, but to be very mindful, conscious of of what it is that you're putting in your body um, goes a long way. If you don't want to eat, you know, too late or too much and stuff like that, um, and that can 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 
bring forth a big change in terms of how we feel. You know, a lot of times when we eat, particularly in this society, it's like we got to eat everything big and, and all at once. Um, and that's not necessarily, you know, true or the case or three, four times, six times a day. We know it's um, we, we don't necessarily have to do that. Just being nutritious so that we can have energy and, and feel um, alive and, and mobile and active and, and our mind can be clearer um, is more so the key in terms of how we uh, diet. And our last point is that we are promoting a proletarian outlook rather than a petty bourgeois outlook towards health and fitness. And I cannot stress this point enough because there's this huge self-help industry and physical education is very much a part of that industry. And they do it in a very individualist perspective that it's, you know, you got to do it for yourself, et cetera. It's about you. And that leads to that whole appearance aspect. Um, and we, we're actually against that, right? We want a proletarian outlook. We want comrades to be healthy and strong so that we can better serve our people and our communities. This is tied to the movement, to the work that we do. And, you know, if you're in a party, it's tied to party building, right? We need people to be physically healthy. And as we'll go into the piece later, like Mao makes the point, it also uh, helps ground ourselves mentally, emotionally, etc. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that sort of like we've been talking about, we know this can be a triggering conversation topic for some folks because of the way we have been socialized to hate our bodies, really. And, spend, you know, as a woman, I've spent years of my life hating my body, right? So we mm -hmm. know that this can be very difficult to talk about. So we want to go about this centering our revolutionary commitment to transforming our world. And we know that we have to also be able to engage with this because we all have bodies and we need to figure mm. out ways to take care of those bodies so that we can best show up to the work that we are trying to do. About, you know, to that point, you know, being secure, right. In your own physical constitution, right. Mm. In, in, in feeling, um, confident and, and, and strong that you can, you know, whatever your body type is or, or what have you, that you are, you, you are solidified in, you know, your strength and, 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 and so forth. So I, I think this is an excellent point that Hanukkah made. All right. Well, we got, I feel like we got a lot of, you know, very important points, uh, you know, that I, I believe the listeners could understand, should understand. Um, we're really trying to do this and talk about this very sensitive topic, uh, even though it's a necessary topic to discuss in all the spaces that we're in, right? Um, so, uh, you know, again, you know, we really want people to read this piece by Mao. It's called A Study of Physical Education. Um, you could just search it on the internet. You'll find plenty of sources that have, re you know, reposted it, republished it. It's not too long. And it's just a lot of good points. And really, I think, you know, Mao really brings dialectical materialism in like a, that philosoph philosophical worldview into this piece. So let's go into this piece. Uh, 
Before we go into any specifics, I'd like to get some general responses. What did you all think about this piece overall? Well, I thought that it was very clear. (laughs) You know, I appreciate the clarity with which Mao is speaking, you know, like he tends to do in his writing. It's just like he knows that we need to figure out a way to incorporate physical education. And he sees that it is not happening. And so he is also seeing the impacts that that is happening, which I think will also get into the parallels for what we're seeing in our society today. Um, And so I think I just really appreciated the amount of emphasis that he was putting on it, especially, you know, four years before the Communist Party of China was even founded, that he was like, this plays a significant role and we need to be figuring out how we incorporate it, especially within our leadership, right? But also spreading that to everyone and transform our our culture to have a positive relationship with physical education, right? So, so early on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I felt um, the same way. I, I, it was a very excellent piece, just just very detailed, um, you know, philosophical, but not like deeply philosophical or complex. It was um, it was scientific, um, beautifully written. Um, yeah, and, and, and very encouraging, very encouraging. Like when you read this piece, when you if you can get a chance to do so. Uh, we encourage that you do, but um, you you can you can you can gain so much will, and he he speaks about that right willpower and um, you know discipline and, and and perseverance right by 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 merely reading the piece I feel that it makes you want to go out and try to to do the best that you can in terms of physical education. Um, because then you know what's at stake. And he speaks about what is at stake. Um, and it's really in reference to, again, not in terms of appearance, but in terms of what it, what it, what are our goals? And our goals is to try to better society, change society. And we do that, um, you know, again, in terms of, you know, in a revolutionary way, you know, we, we do that, um, you know, in, 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 in struggle, you know, in physical struggle. And, and so one must be physically, you know, um, equipped, right. To, to wage that struggle. And so, um, it, it, it puts in mind sort of why we are doing it, right. It it puts in mind the perspective that we're doing it so that we are not in in fear that we are not, you know, weak or, or feeble, um, in, in the face of the enemy. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, I thought it was an excellent piece. Yeah. I just want to touch on that last point you brought up about how he talks, you know, in the very big beginning, he's like, our people are weak and we need to be strong if we want to face our enemy head on and like a very real thing. Right. And, um, and there are a lot of criticisms to be given to, to the left here in the U S about, uh, a, being weak in in that regards. Right. And I think that's something that's like a kind of like a fact that we have to really kind of address and talk about, um, not in a detrimental mental way where, you know, we don't want to put down our comrades, but yo, we got to like to do the work, you know, it requires a lot of us, uh, a lot from us. And 
you know, we got to be strong both physically, mentally, and emotionally for, for this kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, again, this piece was really amazing. It's really short, easy to find, easy to read, study with your comrades. So let's move on to the, let's start bringing in some um, particularities that we liked. We may read some quotes. We may just talk about, a, a, you know, particular sections of this piece. Do you have anything that you want to highlight from this piece to start us off? Sure. Uh, well, you know, like I said at the beginning, I am a high school teacher. And one thing that Mal talks about in this piece is the way in which society, their society at the time has stressed intelligence and morality over physical education. And I see that every day in my job. High school students are required one credit of physical education to graduate. That is one year over the course of four. It is not given the resources, right? There is very little resources put towards physical education in our schooling system, right? And the majority of time schooling, right, which is a factory model, Students go from room to room and they sit in a desk. They're sedentary most of the day. So we are, by the way that our schooling is structured, setting students up to see physical education as unimportant, unnecessary. And so even when I'm like, all right, we're going to do an activity, we're going to get out of our seats, right? That doesn't replace physical education. They're not working up a sweat by doing a gallery walk in my classroom, right? Or getting up and standing in a circle. That cannot replace the physical education that is needed. And so I think our schools, right, often in Well, I don't even know if they stress intelligence and morality, honestly, because (laughs) schools just, they are in crisis. So I think that that point is still very true. Physical education is not prioritized. So we are not setting up our young people to have healthy relationships with their bodies, right? To teach physical education while also teaching a love for their bodies. That is not happening. Yeah. If I could kind of just piggyback off of that, um, really, really briefly, right? Um, When I was incarcerated, I I began to, about two, two and a half years within my my incarceration. Um, Prior to, I was, I was, you know, doing what what most of the inmates, quote unquote, um, were doing, which were, you know, playing cards, games, but also a high level of physical education. So I, w- I was very fit. Two and a half years within my incarceration, however, I, I found books, right? I, I began to go to the library and, and read and, and study. And, and I, I felt so um, dead inside um, throughout the course of my life where when I found books, it 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 awakened me, but it also made me feel alive. Um, in short, though, I I begin a rigorous and extensive process in just reading. Like I was reading eight to ten hours a day, but I didn't understand, and I begin to have a disdain towards physical activity. Um, I thought it was juvenile. I thought it was immature. I thought it was a waste of time. I'm like, okay, what? Well, that's not going to better you, right? And I, you know, I would, and, and, and as a result, my diets and, and, and eating habits changed too. So I would just drink coffee, you know, the, the food in, in, in prison isn't the best. So it wasn't like I was running to the chow hall to eat. 
I would then eat what is known as a chichi, which is basically Roman uh, ramen noodles and and um, just a bunch of like processed cheese, processed meats, um, and and thrown into a. I would just eat a big bowl of that at nighttime. But throughout the course of the day, I'm 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 on my coffee, barely any water. The water system in prison obviously isn't the greatest either. So what happens? My I got really kind of you know bigger than than normally like and but not just you know did my body changed i began to feel sharp pains in my chest and um you know all of that sitting and reading and and being inactive and um bad eating habits really began to take a physical toll on my body and it would also affect the way that I could read, that I could study, you know, and, and so I knew I had to make a change and I, I eventually did. And, and, and I, I was able to complement both. I was able to, to, to also work out and read um, and study and, and have a, you know, a dialectical approach to those two things. But um, the overemphasis, as, as Mao says, on knowledge, right, without having a, 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 a equal uh, or balanced approach to physical education is is harmful, and I um I can testify to that. Yeah, that's a powerful story. Thanks for sharing. And yeah, I you know I think Mao is really bringing that materialist philosophical world outlook where he's like it's the material that comes first before consciousness, right? And he he continues to say that. It's like, well, how can you study and gain knowledge or morality if you don't have a body? You know, very simple stuff, but with all this idealist uh, propaganda that is given to us in this country, you know, we can steer away from that point of view very easily. And going back to what Hanako said about the education, there's a couple of statistics, some things that I've learned and looked up to prep for this. And I learned some shocking, shocking statistics. Um, I only say three of them. So first, the median physical education budget in U.S. schools per year per school, $764 for physical education but a budget for a whole school for a whole year. Less than $1,000, $764 a year. It's the average across the U.S. Now, the second number is 142%. What's that mean? Uh, Studies have shown that from 1999 to 2016, almost 20 years, uh, the obese-related age-adjusted mortality rates, meaning that people dying due to something related to their obesity, has increased by 142% in the past 20 years, basically. Right. So this is tied with a low, like learning from grade, you know, grade school from being very young, having poor education budgets, having poor education programs um, to having more obese related mortality rates increase. Right. And then, you know, the other thing is, there's, you know, a bunch of numbers here that I'm looking at, which is like basically saying uh, high school graduates, uh, adults with some college and then college graduates. Right. Uh, 
so different levels of education is also related to obesity, right? So adults who only have high school graduate uh, graduate degrees um, reported like 34% basically have obese related issues. Some college is 32%, right? 2% lower. For college graduates, it's 25% lower. Like, so it as you get more education, you're less likely to be uh, have obese related issues. So as the title of this says, physical education is very important. Yeah, and I think those numbers just add uh, yet another example to the ways in which capitalism destroys people's health, right? In lots of different ways. And you talked a little bit at the beginning about food deserts, food swamps, right? Like what is accessible, right? What is accessible is mm -hmm. often bad for our bodies. And so this is not just about individuals, right? This is about what we are seeing on a societal level, right? On a wide scale level of the way that our current system and the ways in which like capitalism is destroying the bodies, right? Especially of oppressed people in the world, specifically of oppressed people. Mm. Yeah, with, 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 um, obviously, you know, labor and, and work and, and sort of, um, how people are, you know, must attempt to survive in this society, um, working, um, slave hours for slave wages, um, you know, whether or not they, they have a, a, a car, they may have to take public transportation, so they got to wake up a little earlier, you know. Um, and it's really, and, and you can't, I mean, I can't say you won't, I won't say you can't, but it's it's very difficult to try to sort of have an exercise re like regimen. It's very difficult to try to eat properly and, and on time when you're, you know, you're trying to get to work and you're working eight, 10, 12 hours, um, you're tired, you know, you, you may have children, uh, the system, you know, it, it's designed, right. To, to, to make us weak, you know, make us um, vulnerable that way. And our bodies, our backs, our, 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 our you know, our shoulders, our, everything is, is our feet. It's, it's, it's hurting. And, and the last thing we want to do after a shift, you <laughs> Or really, you know, to be honest, right before a shift is to, you know, try to to do that. Um, but that's that's the goal, right? Is to make us feel defeated in that sense, to make us feel that, you know, we can't sort of um, you know, subject maybe 20, 25 minutes of a of a workout, you know, right after work or, or before work. Um but yeah, this system is 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 brutal in that way. Um was it just me or did, did, did anybody else notice how uh, the fast food drive through lines became like extra long during like the COVID pandemic? Like I felt like last year I saw lines just going out to the streets out of the parking lots. I'm like, are we in a pandemic right now? They're not eating in. It's easy, right? You drive through. <laughs> it's, it's easy. It's cheap. You know, and I just in terms of your point about like the amount of hours that people have to work and how you're so exhausted, it's really, really difficult, right? Even if you sort of have the energy, it's hard to find the time to actually work out. And part of why I feel like I've been able to work out so consistently is because I'm teaching online. And so I'm sitting 
way more than I ever do as a teacher, right? As a teacher, I'm like on my feet most of the day. And so I come home and I'm exhausted. And I'm like, no, I don't even, I'm not even doing anything, even though I know that it's good for me, right? It's hard to find that motivation when you are so Mm -hmm. exhausted. And then it's like, oh, well, I got to go great. Or I got to go lesson plan. So it's just like, you know, yes, it is all of these ways in which we are just set up for it to be so hard to just take care of ourselves. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you know, on dialectically, right. Like, so even in terms of like wanting to like read this mild piece, right. It's, it's the, the mental aspect of it is like, okay, well, I'm so stressed or overwhelmed, you know, with work or with life, with, with the society that I guess the last thing I want to do is kind of read and, and study and stuff like that. But, um, I, I feel for, for me, that's the trick, right? That's that's the trap that they want us to get into, right? And if we kind of sort of can get into the habit of, of maybe 10, 15 minutes, it doesn't have to be like a very long episode of anything, right? That will sort of encourage us. It would, it would, it would, it would, you know, okay, I read 10, 15 minutes today. I exercise for 10, 15 minutes today. Um, that felt good. You know, I make it do 20 minutes. I make it do 25 minutes, you know, and, and, um, routine, right. Um, uh, um, repetition, um, is a very good motivator and, and encourager as well. The more you do something, the more consistent you are, the more pleasure that you have in it. Yeah. And I think physical education and fitness is like one of those areas in life where if you improve in that area in your life, it it trickles over to other areas in your life. Right. We talked about and Mal talks about, yeah, emotionally, mentally, you will benefit from doing physical fitness. Um, but also like it, your stamina will go up, your energy levels will go up, your health will be better. Um, and it's just, but it is also about staying consistent. And then the, I also wanted to touch on this, you know, we're talking about eating healthy, fast food, things like that. One thing I've really come to learn more about later in my life is, uh, mass, what's it called? Mass prepping food prep, food prep. Like cooking, you know, instead of cooking one meal at a time, mm-hmm. cook a meal that lasts three or four days, right? And that will save you. Like this takes patience. I had to learn the patience. Okay, I'm going to dedicate half of today to cooking all of this food that will last me three, four, five days. Mm-hmm. And that way I don't have, I would only have to cook maybe once a week, really, maybe. Um, and I think that's super important. And more specifically, I've been baking the hell out of some vegetables <laughs> to try to increase my veggie intake. And it's been nice because I kind of discovered seasoning. <laughs> I kind of discovered how to how to make these things taste a lot better than I just did in the past. Yes, you don't have to fry everything. I don't. I'm from the south. I was raised in the south. We fry our seasoning is batter. <laughs> oh, you don't like it? Just put some batter on it. Throw in the deep fry. You're good. Oh, oh, I just shut down the conversation. <laughs> thinking about trying to get some fried chicken later. <laughs> hey, we could have cheap meals, all right? 
Yeah, True. absolutely. And com- comfort food is actually a very important aspect of your diet plan. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, a lot of also bourgeois fitness is like, all right, here it is. You got to do here and do everything. And everybody's like, all right, new year or whatever. You know, you're like, I'm going to do it. And you're trying to transform like everything about your life and then you fail, you know, but it's about like, what are the realistic steps that you can take? And there is, it's not about shaming you. If you fail to do this one program, right. That is all about taking money from you anyway. Right. What is it that is possible for you where you can feel feel like I have been able to accomplish something that has been hard for me, right? 10, 15 minutes is something that is like a huge deal for a lot of folks. And I think that's something that should be celebrated because we should be celebrating when people are trying to take steps to better take care of themselves. What really stuck out to me was when he says, civilize the mind and make savage the body. This is this is, you know, in, in terms of when you, you know, getting a little more consistent, you know, you get a little more practice and you beginning to sort of become, quote unquote, addicted. Right. Or in a good sense. Right. You 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 really seen an improvement and gains and, and so forth. Right. And your quality of, of of working out is when you go and you can zone out, you can leave your 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 issues or your worries, right, outside of the gym and you go inside the gym or in your home if you, you know, training at home and um, put some music on or whatever, however you get into your groove and really, you know, savagely or or, or rudely, as he also mentioned, right, take take that time to put your body under, under strenuous stress, um, and that sounds really odd right at first, but it feels amazing. Um, and to and to block everything out and to put your sit your body under that sort of uh, pressure. Um, and one of the things in which I, I I learned, you know, through you know savagely working out, right, is that the mind, you know, the body does what the mind tells it to do. Right. So if you feel that you can do it, if you feel that you can do that set or or you can go an extra two, three minutes, you can hold that position a little longer that your body responds. Right. And then the reciprocal part of that, the dialectical part of that, then is after that, once you you know, you rest and you, you can grow. But then the body um, or the mind, excuse me, responds to the body. You know, you then the endorphins and the the pleasure senses and the feel good. I I, I did it. You you feel a sense of accomplishment and, and success. You know, so um, that civilizes the mind. Like it, it makes you you know at ease and, and patient and disciplined and um, very clear, very clear, very um, you know. Uh, Miles speaks about you know uh, harmon- harmonizing the the sentiments, right? Um, and so that, that quote in particular, like stuck out to me first, um, and then we can, you know, speak about other quotes, but that one in particular was very, very, um, helpful to me. 
Yeah, I want to jump on that because there, you basically, that was a lot. I was going to say a lot of what you just said. So I agree with you 100%. I found a, a, a kind of a phrase that I saw, I read somewhere else kind of prepping for this discussion. And they were saying, and you know, as far as physical education and fitness and exercise goes, it helps us feel comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. And, and this, this is everything that you just stated. Right. And you know, that is tied to building resiliency. And then that is also tied to building discipline. And I, I'm a huge fan of trying to be disciplined um, in all areas of our lives. Um, and, and, you know, and also like, I just want to tie in like another part of physical fitness is martial arts. That is something that I pay really, I have a high respect for people who can continually do martial arts because a lot of the people who've been doing martial arts for several years or a long period of their lives, there's like a Zen about them, right? They're just very centered and grounded. And for most of them that I've met, it's really hard to piss them off. Right, because they're like, like in control because they've been really comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right, we're pushing ourselves to these limits. You know, when you're running for long periods of time, you're like, "Well, man, I want to stop now," but you keep pushing yourself. Right, and that transfers over to other areas of our lives. Uh, this one uh, person was writing about how they used to be very fearful of public speaking, and through exercise getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? It helped them to gain public speaking confidence and now they love it. And honestly, I feel like I've kind of gone through that same process um, and not only with public speaking, but other areas of my life. Yeah, one phrase that I feel like I heard for the first time over this last year of working out was muscle failure, which was not something that I had ever thought about or did, you know? I spent years sort of being like, I'm reclaiming my body. I'm loving my body. Fuck exercise. I'm not doing it. You know, and like was really reactionary for years, but like also result of patriarchy and all of the things in our society. And, you know, muscle failure is the whole point about it, right? Is that it's unique to each person, right? Maybe you reach muscle failure after doing three of some exercise, right? Maybe you're able to go until 10 or 30 or 50 or whatever, right? But I thought I found that to be sort of a helpful way of like pushing myself and seeing, well, how far can I go? And yeah, and becoming more comfortable with that discomfort, that actual, the literal pain <laughs> that comes along with trying to achieve muscle failure to see how far you can push yourself physically. And then after a few weeks, you're like, damn, I'm not, I'm not getting muscle failure. What's going on now? Oh, this is too much. Mm -hmm. I feel stronger than I ever have in my life. You know, and that feels great. I'm like, oh, I actually can feel a difference. And, you know, physically, I don't really look different. <laughs> you know, it's not like I've like bulked up, up or anything, but I can like feel my muscles being stronger or when I pick up things or when I go to do things, I'm like, oh, this is a little easier than a year ago. All right. So like in the um, in the weight pit, right, you know what I mean? And up upstate or whatever. Um before I, when I, when I started getting into it, right, the, the, the guys there would, they would be in groups. It would be about, you know, four or five groups of teens or whatever. Right. You know, but one of the expressions would be like, you know, you know, we're going to die. Like somebody's going to die today. Like that was the whole like 
point. Like, I'm like, what does that mean? And why would you want to kind of die here? Like, I don't, I don't understand oh, why. Wow. <laughs> but what they meant was that we're going to leave everything out here. And um, so that, you know, when we do go back inside and, and whatever we get to eat, that um, we know that that we have uh, reached the threshold, we passed the threshold. Um, and then, like I said, you know, like the physical, the physical nature of it, it eases the mind in a very stressful environment and it gives you peace. It gives you a, 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 a solitude, right? Um, a, a tranquility is, is Mao mentioned, right? Um, so you, you kind of be surprised when you kind of leave it all out there like that. If when, when you, when you put your body under, that extreme level of, 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 of failure, muscle failure, or so to speak, um, that it, it repairs itself and, and you grow and you, you get, you get stronger. Right. So it's not nothing to, to be too, um, scared about, but yeah, when I first heard it, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounds also, it sounds like you're talking about dialectics, right? There's a struggle right and there's mm -hmm. you know something is being repaired and it kind of forms a new and then you have progress in the out of that struggle mm. mm -hmm. yeah. um okay so it's my turn one thing i just want to mention i'll read the quote mao says if we wish to make physical education effective we must influence people's subjective attitudes and stimulate them to become conscious of physical education if one becomes conscious of the problem, a program for physical education will come easily and we will attain our goals and make our influence felt as a matter of course, right? End quote. I think that's important because that's also, you know, Lenin wrote about developing the subjective conditions to change the objective conditions, right? The revolutionary forces in society to push towards a socialist proletarian-led re revolution, but it's, it's you know, it depends on the subjective forces and lifting, raising the consciousness of the masses to understand that, you know, it's a class-divided society, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's the same, this is what Mao's talking about. This is the same thing Mao is applying to physical education, is that mm -hmm. in order for us to really get there, we have to change these subjective attitudes and stimulate people to become conscious of the importance of physical education and the benefits, right? He goes on later and talks about, you know, humans are animals and animals need to move. We need to have activity. Activity is a central part of us. We have to consistently move. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, you know, the subjective attitudes is very, that's what we want to do here, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't want to do it in this petty bourgeois, capitalist, idealist way. We really, you know, care about our comrades. Um, and, uh, you know, and us here, we exercise together occasionally too. And we'll talk about that in a second, but, um, you know, and we're trying to get others to join us, right. We're trying to change the subjective attitudes towards, uh, health, physical fitness, physical education, et cetera. 
Yeah, I've talked with my students about working out, especially since we are still on quarantine, right? And we are still online and talking about like, how are you moving your body? What are you doing? You know, and I have had students say, I'm skinny. What are you talking about? I don't need to work out, right? Like you Mm. only work out if you feel like you need to lose weight Um, Mm. and just trying to push against that and talk about the benefits that can come along, right? And of course, not treating it as some sort of cure-all, right? It's not like you start working out and everything in your life comes together, right? We're we're not idealists, we are materialists over here. So we know that that is not the case, but trying to push back against attitudes that are so pervasive um, in terms of physical education. And one one quick point, Um, yeah, I, I agree, right? Like one quick point, though, in terms of the consciousness um, that you both mentioned, right? Um, you know, my my hero, quote unquote, right? If you if you will, um, one of them is George Jackson, and um, just reading his 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 work, um, Blood in My Eye and Soledad Brother, but. Um, specifically uh Soledad Brothers where he's mentioning sort of his his physical sort of regimen right and how he would sort of um in his cell being locked up for in, in solitary confinement and, and and for long periods of time how he would do a thousand fingertip push-ups how he would sort of do martial arts and and um you know, and, and guards and, and counselors and those who came to the inside and met him said it was something very different about him. You know, his, he was very, um, you know, most prisoners are slooped over and, and slouching and, and he was very, you know, strong in stature and so forth. Um, and, and, and his level of discipline, um, his level of focus in terms of, of, of training his body because it, he was training. It wasn't just to look good, quote unquote, right? It was to, to be prepared, to, to know, you know, to defend oneself. Um, and then also the consciousness of learning about sort of the move organization and, and how the, the women there um, were very disciplined in terms of, of running and, 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 um, um, exercise daily, um, deli and, and, and um, it was very, very, very strong and disciplined. Um, um, and Fred Hampton, you know, he, he sort of, um, would take groups out and he would kind of have them chant and, and do speeches as they working out and, and, and to build that, that, that resolve and that, that morale. And, um, when you kind of get a consciousness and an understanding sort of of other peoples within, you know, history, revolutionary movements or revolutionary figures, you you begin to see um, the need and, and the responsibility that it takes um, to really to to really, you know, push forward a, a strong, you know, revolutionary movement. Um, so that that for me, in terms of, of of knowing these sort of particular aspects of those who you know came before me, you know helps. 
Right. Absolutely. And it's not a coincidence, right, that different revolutionary movements have prioritized physical education and have used it, right, and seen it as a necessary component of building their organization. And I think, and we, like we've been saying, we're having this conversation as revolutionaries who are committed to this work for the long haul. And I think that this can also, you know, this is also a part of building discipline, like you talked about. Discipline in in a lot of organizations in the US, right, is shit. We People don't show up. They say they're going to show up and then they don't, right? They say they're going to do a thing and then they don't, right? So we need different ways to try to build individual and collective discipline and commitment, you know, and, and how are we going to build anything if we don't have discipline, right? How are we even saying the words revolution, transformation, liberation, if we are not being disciplined? And so I think there's also, you know, the deep individualism. And so maybe some people are like, well, I don't, I don't want to work out. Right. Maybe a person is physically able, but they're like, I don't want to, I don't like it. Right. And then it's like, well, you can just stay in your individual place and do that instead of like, well, we're trying to dismantle all of the individualism that is so deep within us and build collective uh, commitment and discipline. And this is one way that we do that, right? And struggling together physically is different than just sitting in a meeting together. And so I think, yes, when you look around at different revolutionary organizations and movements and you see physical education as something that is really prioritized, right? That should be a sign to us that we need to have that. And I've never been in an organization in the U.S. that even talked about physical education, let alone, right, practiced it together. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's deep. That's that's deep. Yeah. So uh, this we're, this discussion is really great, but, I, you know, I, I kind of want to move. I, I do want us to talk about our personal experiences with uh, exercising, but I, I'm sure we still have a couple of piece, you know, points from this piece that we want to kind of highlight before we get to that. Mm-hmm. So can we kind of do like, can we just take another round, uh, just highlighting a certain point and uh, just moving on to the next person, highlighting that point, And then we can finally move on to, uh, you know, talking about our personal experience <laughs> with physical education. Section five in this essay, right, is called The Reasons for Disliking Exercise. And he actually names shame, right? 1917 in China, he mentions shame as what he sees as a major reason or a common reason for people not wanting exercise. And I think that that shame is even deeper in our capitalist, right, society today in 2021. And since we have been so socialized to see exercise only as a way to make our bodies more quote unquote valuable, right, or make them more um, appealing to others, then Uh, body shame or like hatred for your body is the motivator for exercise. And if you are approaching exercise and physical education from a place of self-hate for your body, right? Of course, it's going to seem like a chore. And of course, it's going to seem like a thing that you hate because you are doing it from a place of hate. And so I think that that is something that has to be addressed and we have to be mindful of when we're trying to shift our culture and when we're trying to talk about this within organizations and within revolutionary spaces, because it can be really triggering for people and there can absolutely be trauma associated 
connected with people's bodies. And so just keeping that in mind, right, as we are trying to build um, trust with one another and build discipline, um, I think that shame is something that is very present for a lot of people when they think about physical education. It's an excellent point. Do you have a, a point you want to share with us? So in, 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 in on page two of the piece, um, Mao says, if one seeks to improve one's body, um, other things will follow automatically. Um, and then he also says um, another quote is the principal aim of physical as a education is military heroism, right? So, um, you know, like the, the, the improvement of one body, like I said, we, we spoke already about sort of, um, how it, uh, benefits our emotions, our sentiments, our feelings, um, and then how that also corresponds to, um, our knowledge and our virtue and our understanding of things, right? Um, because everything resides in the body, as he mentions, and so, um, and again, like the clarity, I, I can't really, I can't really stress that enough. When you, when you, when you do release those particular um, tensions within the body, your mind becomes a lot clearer, and, and and you can have, you can focus on and on, um, uh, you know, mental things, right, uh, uh, psychological things. Um, and but 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 my also too again in terms of aim and and, and goals and, and and um what's the purpose of it right at least for what he was trying to 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 um bring to to the people's consciousness is military heroism like it's 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 to it's it's for for again when we when we are in a position where it's armed struggle when it when it is in a position even prior to armed struggle when when it is a, a focus in on you know having to go door to door or organizing people or you know standing and walking or track whatever the case may be like it's for it's for victory like our goal is to be victorious in this struggle in terms of a proletarian revolution um, for the betterment of, of human society, that we can sort of stop this, this the war, that we can stop, you know, imperialism, that we can stop sort of militarism in and of itself, right? You know, and uh, unfortunately we gotta sometimes pick up the gun, right? In order to, to put it down, but all of that takes a level of perseverance, a level of, of audacity, as he mentions, a level of um, security in oneself and one's comrades and, and knowing that they also are disciplined and, and secure um, within themselves. So the goal, again, is not to kind of like, you know, look good per se, right? That's not what we're doing. What we're, we're clear on, like, even when we're training, like to, to know, okay, we're training and that can give a, a, a deeper uh, intensity level. Like I'm training for something better and deeper than myself. Like I'm training so that I can be of assistance, that I can 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 be a a help to to those who are struggling alongside with me. Excellent points, you know. And also that while you said like it's not about appearance, it reminded me of like 
you know, a lot of people on the left taking selfies of themselves with their hammer and sickle red flags in the back. But it's like, can you do 10 pushups? Can, can, can we, are, is it helping you study? Like, I mean, I know you're, you're, it looks like you're physically able to do a lot of different things. Are we building that discipline? Uh, are we actually organizing, you know? So I think that's important. I want to tie it to what's going on in South Korea right now. Uh, Mao said, quote, in primary school, particular attention should be paid to the development of the body process and knowledge or excuse me, progress in knowledge and moral training are of secondary importance. Nourishment and care should be primary teaching and discipline complementary. At the present, most people do not know this, and the result is that children become ill or even die young because of studying, end quote, right? We touched on this a little bit, a little bit about the education system, et cetera, but this really reminds me of what's going on in South Korea right now. South Korea has the highest suicide rates of all of the OECD nations in the world, which is the, you know, basically the nations with the uh, biggest economies around the world, right? So basically capitalists um, and also, you know, other countries in the OECD are, are imperialist cores, right? Advanced capitalist societies. But in South Korea, it has it's had the highest suicide rates for like something like 10 years in a row, which shows a huge, huge problem. So U.S. imperialism is the principal contradiction in, in the Korean peninsula right now. Um, so it's South Korea also has, due to U.S. cultural hegemony, um, also has some of the highest uh, uh, plastic surgery rates, right? Um, so, you know, suicide rates are increasing. You know, they don't like their physical appearance. They want to westernize themselves. They want to have, quote unquote, bigger eyes to look like people in the West, um, their health is going down because you have Dunkin' Donuts and Burger King and McDonald's being introduced into their culture. I mean, even their even their language is changing because of, of the English language being introduced there, right? Uh, but no, but a lot, and then and then the as far as students go, a lot of students are committing suicide in South Korea. A lot of students, it's a lot of students. They have a highly competitive education system. Everything is about going to an Ivy League school. So then you can be promised a good job uh, when you, you know, graduate and you have a good life, et cetera. It's very, very competitive where students become alienated and isolated. Um, and the, the student rates and suicide are just, an, you know, an epidemic there. Uh, so I think this is an incredibly important uh, point that Mao really brings up. I have a, I have a three-year-old, right? And, um, to to Miles point, I see him have a interest um, on his own, like kind of on his own. I mean, I, he may see me and, and watch me or what have you, but um, and and most kids, obviously, right, are you know very outdoors. They want to play. They want to. They want to run. They want to jump. They want to climb. You know, they're very, you know, physically in tune with themselves and, and, and with um, physical activity. And um, sometimes we can, because we, we want them to succeed, right? We want them to be, um, you know, you know, have a, a high value, 
and education and, and that's fine, right? But at that particular stage, you know, as Mao kind of alludes to, you know, the emphasis should be on developing their physical capabilities, right? That they naturally kind of possess and desire, right? And then, you know, the secondary or, or complementary aspect of that is just teaching them virtue and knowledge and so forth and so on, morale and so forth. But it's only but so much that they can understand at that particular age anyway, um, that, you know, we do them a disservice by sort of trying to um, aggressively sort of make them into, you know, <laughs> you know, geniuses, right? Child geniuses, this is the whole thing that we can put them on the internet and say how smart our child is and so forth and so on. But um, no, right, I, I, I really took, took, took um, very keen understanding to, to what he mentioned there um, because that's something that I wanna begin sort of incorporate within my own child's life, um, trying to get him to be, you know, physically fit and, and um, just to, just to, to kind of do whatever he's like, he naturally wishes to do, which is run, jump and climb and play. Yeah. 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 So there's one thing that we do here as comrades is we try to incorporate uh, physical education together as a group activity. Right. And one of the things we've been able to do is to go hiking and it's not just like, oh, hey, let's just go hiking, even though that is great to get outdoors and get the sun and walk by a river and all that. But, you know, it builds uh, unity amongst us. And we also like incorporate things like education, um, as well as trying to learn some tactical shit while we're out there. So um, where's the sun? Which way are we walking? What land navigation? <laughs> I think, you know, these things are important. So yeah, let's touch on like, what, what are the hikes, you know, don't, do to you? Don't forget about the bags. We carry backpacks, oh, yeah. you know, um, sometimes there are bricks in the backpacks <laughs> to <laughs> add weight. If you want to be a little extra. Um, but I really appreciate it because we're outside, which especially, you know, being on the computer all the time, or even if I'm working in person, right, being in my classroom all day long and not getting to be outside, but then being outside with comrades and, you know, we talk to each other on these walks, of course, and we're talking about theory, we're talking about strategy, we're talking about our personal lives and just building comradeship outside of a meeting or outside of explicitly, you know, like quote unquote political spaces, right? But bringing that to um, the outdoors. Yeah, I, 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 I enjoy it. Um, I, and this is like my first time sort of ever like doing anything like, like hiking. So on my, yeah, on my very first like hiking um, experience, so it was like it was it was on the fall. It was slightly raining. I'm not sure if it was raining that day, but it had rain. And, and so the, the, the leaves were um, on the trail and it was wet slightly. Right. And we get to a, a portion or a place within the within the height where we was going to rest or what have you. But then tells me like, hey, man, like be very, very careful um, going down with this particular steep because the leaves are wet and they could slip right underneath you. I'm like, wait, why would you tell me that the, the leaves would slip right underneath? And it paralyzed me. I, I'll be honest with you. It, it paralyzed me for 
for about five minutes, I had to reconsider like everything and and, and refocus, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> I, I got through it. I got through it. Um, I yeah. conquered my fear, and um, I've been hiking. I've been hiking with the comrades ever since. So I um, it's it's good, you know, cardio for me. Um, good, 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 good to be in nature. Um, to breathe and and to take in that energy and and like like. Like the comrades already said, we also incorporate, you know, um, uh, um, political education as long uh, with physical education. So, um, and then I also get I get the back I get the backpack too gives me the backpack. So, you know, um, I'm I'm pretty good. And I took my son on 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 his first hike um, about a week or so ago. So. Yeah, it's it's an awesome experience, and he's he enjoyed himself as well. So, yeah, yeah. So some of our best conversations have been out there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Talking about theory, talking about history, yep. talking about strategy. You know, because like we're also studying in a group together. So when we get to have the chance to go out, I don't know what it is. Like your mind is a, a bit more open. Um, you know, ideas are flowing a lot more smoothly. And we're having fun doing it, right? And we also have plans to incorporate other types of physical fitness programs into our spaces. Uh, it's just the COVID pandemic has slowed us down a bit, but at least we get to do this. Um, and yeah, I, I enjoy it very, very much. And I encourage others, think about how you can incorporate this stuff. Drag your comrades out if you have to. <laughs> be like yo i never never did this before i don't know i don't know man i don't know um don't tell them about the leaves being slippery when wet please Uh, please don't please Also, we got to see each other struggle in different ways, right? We see each other in a meeting. We see each other in a study group, but that's yeah. different. And like, we know personal is political, political is personal, right? We know that. And I think seeing each other in different contexts, seeing our weaknesses, right? We know, right? Like you've been really developing that part. And now you're like, you're, you know, you're walking with confidence. You're like, all right, I, I'm out here. I get this. Yep. <laughs> in, in, in heights too, heights. Um the height, height, height. Like I mean, we're always yeah. climbing mountains and oh, hills. Yeah. Right. So I, I sometimes I might, you know, you know, we'll get to a, a particular height, right? And and so I'm secure with just staying like right in the middle. Like they <laughs> at the edge of the cliff, taking selfie. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, you you get to sort of see, okay, okay, I can overcome this though. Like I can, I can, I can conquer this. Um, and that's a, that's another level that you can get to in terms of understanding that it is, it is mental. It's very, very much mental. And again, that, you know, reciprocal sort of relationship between the body and and the mind. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's all, it's all, it's all, it's all working together. All right. Let's move into the final part of this discussion. I want us to all kind of just you know, talk about our personal relationship with physical education and fitness. I'm not going to go that in depth. I don't think Um, I was, I was like a tomboy as a kid, as they say that word um, got labeled 
Because I was just, you know, it's wild the ways that girls get labeled too. It's like, why can't I just be a girl who likes to be active? <laughs> you know, why do you have to yeah. call me a tomboy? Um, but I just, I remember as a kid, always running around, biking, you know, it's just like doing the things that I feel like most kids like you're talking about, I want to do. I remember always having just like cuts up and down my legs. So I was always just like active. Um, and then like, you know, enjoyed sports. I played tennis in high school, um, but then just got... I think depressed and alienated and then sort of like gave up on that. And I actually think that as I became politicized, I deprioritized physical training of Mm. any sort um, and sort of put all of my energy into being in organization with people without any sort of connection to physical education. And I feel like as an adult, you know, I worked at a lot of restaurants, so that was very physically active. I would bike places, but it was always, um, the physical education just happened as, or the physical training, right. Just happened as a result of the thing that I was trying to do. Right. Like I wasn't biking for the exercise. I was biking to get to my job. And so I didn't have any sort of routine or real strong relationship. I feel like I've joined the gym here and there, the Y here and there, and like would go to classes every now and then, but I never had I never had any sort of like real routine about it. It really wasn't until this last year where I was like, wow, I am in this house all the time and I'm usually physically exhausted, but I don't have the physical exhaustion right now that usually goes along with my job and just felt the way, you know, I developed back pain, which I normally don't have because I was just sitting too much um, and just realized that I really needed to have something. And I think that... You know, it was collectively and, you know, with another person where I was able to actually develop that sort of routine and that commitment. And um, I think now, you know, I do like my morning, I'll do like my rotations right from neck to knee. And then I'll do my sun salutations, do a little yoga, and then I'll plank for a minute, which like has had a huge impact on my core, right? One minute in the morning, right? has had a major impact on my core and I don't have back pain anymore just because I have been able um, to make time for this and prioritize it and also build the discipline around physical training that I just did not never consistently had as an adult. Does it help set the mood for the day doing this in the morning? Oh, absolutely. And it takes five minutes, right? My routine in the morning takes five minutes, but it's really like mentally and physically. I'm like, all right, here we go. Mm -hmm. And and Mao, um, even within the PC, he he mentions, um, you know, doing it day and night, right? Um, And if you can do that, you know, <laughs> then, then great. But, um, and, and again, it doesn't have to be sort of like extensive or anything like that. It, you know, it can be just a, um, really a, just a mindful thing, right? Maybe a few, you know, sit-ups or push-ups or jumping jacks or whatever the case may be, just to prepare your mind and say, okay, I'm doing this. I'm going to do it in the morning. And then his, his reasoning was that you always have um exercise sort of like ingrained within your consciousness or whatever um um but but for but for me um yeah i was i was pretty much like always kind of active um you know i played you know basketball and in football um i ran track um you ran track like cross country or or what? I don't know. 
No. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I was more of a sprinter. So I'm, I'm, I was very quick um, and very fast. Um, and that, that's kind of how I gain my advantages within sports, playing basketball, which people who was much more, much taller than I was. Um, but I was really, really good in, in, in all sports. Um, and it, it, um, you know, I would, I would, I could go out and, and at eight o'clock in the morning and come back eight o'clock, nine o'clock at nighttime, just running around playing basketball or, or something like that. Um, so, but I, I didn't have a, I didn't have a sort of a, a dieting sort of health conscious sort of like regimen attached with that. Like I kind of ate whatever it is that I want, um, junk, whatever, whatever, whatever it is that I want. And, but as a result, um, because I wasn't drinking a lot of fluids and a lot of water, even though I would run, you know, ball all day in the street, I, um, I, I got, I got a kidney infection, right? I got, I got a bladder infection and, and, you know, I, I, I didn't at that point realize that water, like drinking water <laughs> was like very, very important. Um, Mm-hmm. to hydrate yourself and so forth like that. Um, as I said earlier, it wasn't until I sort of found, um, you know, even through college, I, I was very active. But once I once I got into to prison and I found, like I said, I found books, I started reading, you know, more than I did at any time of my life, I began to neglect my body. And like I said, that that sort of, put me on a pathway of, of feeling, you know, sharpness in my, my chest and, um, shortness of breath. Um, my eating, my time that I ate was, was bad and so forth. And so, um, that gave me wisdom and knowledge and understanding that I, I can do both. And then as Mao mentions is that, you know, what people think that you can, you know, if you, you know, work out and, and you exercise that you, are typically ignorant or, or or less knowledgeable, right? And then vice versa, if you're very knowledgeable, um, then you kind of neglect your body in terms of exercise. But no, we we want to do both. We wanna we wanna put an emphasis on both that you can do both. Um, and again, that he speaks that is you know perfect harmony, right? Balance, um, where that you know you can sort of exercise your mind and body strong mind strong body strong body strong mind um and so um yeah like i i i um i got out of it a little bit when i began to read more but then woke up to the fact that i need to kind of incorporate both of them in my life and for the last maybe a good 6 7 months now um I have been on that mission. I have been really sort of put working out savagely and then also reading and civilizing my mind as best as I can in just a horrific um, <laughs> world. This is a horrific capitalistic mm-hmm. world that can um, depress you and, and make you feel sad and, and, and vulnerable and so forth. But um, those two interests helps me. You know, it, it gives me um, it gives me a, a certain level of peace. Wow. So yeah, this has been really great. Thank you all for sharing. Thank you all for being in this discussion. Um, and 
Yeah, this piece by Mao is inspiring despite being short. Uh, I think it gets straight to the point. And I think it's a you know very important topic to discuss in today's world um, that we need to uh, take care of ourselves in the way that we can strengthen our power to serve the people, not to take care of ourselves in, our, in a way of being individualistic, you know, feeding into the self-help industry, being petty, you know, having petty bourgeois ideology and worldview impact us, uh, but to strengthening, you know, the proletariat, the working class, uh, because we're trying to go up one of the most, go against one of the most powerful oppressors the world has ever seen. And that takes strength in both, both of our physicality, but also mentally and emotionally. And so I hope this discussion has really inspired people to check this piece out, to try to incorporate physical education into their own spaces. And I also like to thank Hanako and Irik so much for joining in on this discussion. So yeah, do you have any last words before we close out? Onward. <laughs> Onward, that's right. I mean, I think I would just repeat sort of what we said at the beginning where it's like our movements have to have a place for all of our comrades, right? And that means no matter your size, right? No matter your physical abilities, right? Our comrades with disabilities, right? We have to be able to show up for them as well. And so this conversation is about what is it that you are physically capable of? Because we know that that is different for each individual, but yes, centering our collective commitment to building the world that we so desperately need. Um, and it's not gonna be easy. And so let's start doing the, the painful work, right? Right, And doing that now. And part of that is the physical training. Yeah, do you have any last words before we close out? Onward. <laughs> Onward, that's right. I mean, I think I would just repeat sort of what we said at the beginning where it's like our movements have to have a place for all of our comrades, right? And that means no matter your size, right? No matter your physical abilities, right? Our comrades with disabilities, right? We have to be able to show up for them as well. And so this conversation is about what is it that you are physically capable of? Because we know that that is different for each individual, but yes, centering our collective commitment to building the world that we so desperately need. Um, and it's not gonna be easy. And so let's start doing the, the painful work, right? Right, and doing that now. And part of that is the physical training. All right, comrades, well, red salute and all power to the people. I appreciate y'all. All power to the people. All power to the people. Did you figure it out yet? What to do with the figurative outlet? I'm running my mouth at heaven. Slept well in a couple of days. Trying to figure it out, but I'm stuck in the shapes that I'm handed. Call it to the people, they demand it. What kind of power, man, I can't understand it. Was it booming in the Soviet Union? Presuming that it was Lenin that just zoomed in? Was Stalin is a bill? If not, it's an OVF. Common F deserve to get killed. I'm split like Sasina Sofia. Am I just a liberal if I ain't got the point yet? Can't make art. 
hard if you can't take a stand But this ship right here, for those still fall Power to the Soviets still will defend Cause it was the first time that they made the attempt But left calm and calm made me cynical Saying Vladimir's just the parliamentary liberal Not to say that I unite with that position Or that vanguardism is so far efficient I'm still learning on the journey and I'm burning up Cause the planet's getting fucked while I'm yearning for another book Another page, another word of wisdom Wanna go but also wanna wait to learn more about the system If you grapple with the word like dialectics That's okay, take your time baby It's a crazy amount we got to learn just to get shit I can't take this bullshit anymore What about practice? We gotta talk tactics Talk class reality spilling on your mattress Can't go to sleep think about Marx and shit You may get the point but it's still poor marksmanship Gotta hit the street, gotta hit it fast Gotta get the ass to the mask. Gotta skip my class Gotta gotta be more proletarian than you can be Gotta get my theory from beneath the concrete Gotta sacrifice life, gotta have less fun You don't know what they do with smiles where I'm from Gotta whip for my back and another for my face Till I don't crave bourgeois taste Forgive me, Lord, for I've sinned and thought in pure petty bourgeois thoughts. Grab me a revisionist so I may resurrect as a true revolutionary, true and perfect. Listen, comrade, practice is mad important. Unapplied theory, nothing going forward. But sometimes we get stuck inside a fortress. Reading same shit, same shit, it gets boring. Gotta get funky, gotta, gotta get creative. Gotta read another paper about battle and a slave. Gotta stick in my hole, gotta do research. I mean, search, then see if it works, yeah. Emphasis on infinitive styles And not just reread Mao Ow, wow, what a life I've been gifted Don't wanna sacrifice but uplift it Then have the guns come assistant Build up the neighborhood, make it strong Break oppressive bonds, make you want yeah. But what do I know? Cause there ain't no Bible Describing how the battle for survival All I got is curiosity And contradictions that are mountains But also move mountains quite violently Revolutionary doubt, I'm searching What I'm certain of, I'm carrying out Yeah